Hello and welcome to Cutting the Ball in the Post-Truth Apocalypse. I'm Ben, as always, and I'm going to with Mike. Hello. Claire. Hey. And Pete. Hello. Don't worry, listener, Claire's reign of tyranny is over, and I am back. Reign of tyranny? Oh, how dare you. I did, did really well. I even remember my name. <laughs> All the listeners have been saying... Get rid of Ben, just keep Claire. Happy. Yep. I didn't see that post. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, I did injure myself. It wasn't from laughing at Mike's jokes, it was laughing at his football team. Oh. Ooh. And the grand groaning every time Pete mentions Boris Karloff. <laughs> <laughs> oh, not again. But it's either way, yeah, so that's how I injured myself. Jealousy's a funny colour, isn't it? <laughs> Is it a colour at all? Can you see emotion? Does emotion have colour? Well, you can say, well. <laughs> but yeah, follow us on Facebook at Cut Into The Bun and the Post-Truth Apocalypse. YouTube is Apocalypse Bull. And SoundCloud and Spotify and all your other podcasting platforms is Cutting To The Bull in the PTA. This week we're going to have a discussion about the Warrens of the Warrenverse fame and obviously ghost hunting fame. Mm. Charlatans? Yeah. Or genuine? I think charlatans. Maybe there may have been parts that were genuine, but I think as a general, they were caught out too many times, weren't they? Yeah, well, that's the end of the show. Thanks for listening. Hey. <laughs> you yeah. asked the question now. <laughs> you should have asked it. No, we'll do a little bit. We'll go into that in, in detail once I've thanked some new returning listeners. Hot Springs in the US. I want to go live in Hot Springs. I bet it's. I bet it's really cold. Probably there. is. Yeah. Yeah, but if they've got hot springs, you can go and sit in them. Yeah, you just jump in nude. Fair enough. Zurich in Switzerland, Bukgu in South Korea, Amsterdam, obviously Holland, Edinburgh in the UK, Lanesburg in the US, I don't know where that is, Frankfurt and Main in Germany, Blair Gallery in, in the UK, I have no idea where the fuck that is, Melbourne and Perth in Australia, Lancaster in America, Boardman in America, Bangkok, Houston, America, Helsinki, Finland, Mountain City, America. Oh, a lot this week. Dubai. Keep going. Where's that? Angola. Luanda in Angola. Yeah. There's a hammer and sickle. almost a bit of a hammer and sickle motif on there. Mm-hmm. Like. And Guadalajara, Spain. Thank you for listening. Yeah. Are Angola part of the Axis of Evil or are they alright now? Hmm. The Axis of Evil? Yeah, I thought they were right like, because they've got a bit of a, a, a hammer and sickle motif going. I thought they might have been part of the bad guys. Don't think so. No, they were on Red Alert too. Oh, were they? They were. Oh. That's, I'm only basing that on Red Alert too. What's Red Alert? It's a computer game from the from the from the nineties. Oh yeah, I played Red Alert one. Yeah, Red Alert two. Yeah, so they were on the they were on the bad guys team on that one. So I don't know. Maybe. Maybe. Games. They were cracking. All right, let's talk about Ed and Lorraine Warren. I think everything's been taken. All my housekeeping's done. No one's died. Pete, no shout outs, Pete. Anyone's died. Who's no, a shout out? Not of any notable. No, nobody of major importance. Oh, there we go then. Jobs are good. It's been it? a good week. <laughs> the Warrens. Amityville, Annabelle. They briefly turned up at the Enfield Haunting. Got a film out of it though, didn't they? Yeah. So the reputation of the cute and cuddly exorcists Ed and Lorraine Warren has grown outsized in the 21st century pop culture. That's mainly thanks to the Juggernaut Conjuring franchise, loosely, and we're going to say loosely with massive quotation marks, based on their lives, with Vera Familia playing Lorraine and Patrick Wilson playing Ed. Far too hot for him. Far, far too hot. That's like me doing my life stories, like, 
who's playing you? Brad Pitt, obviously. Do you know what I mean? It's like, it's like fuck's sake, man. They should have had a couple of fucking Uggs playing him at least. I'd definitely put you down for a Steve Buscemi. I think Tom Hanks with his forehead. Ooh, that's, a, that's a, like, he can play older Pete. No, definitely Seth Rogen. Yeah. He does look a bit like Seth Rogen. What? Yeah. <laughs> Let's do Ben. Oh, it's John Goodman. <laughs> or no, Dan Brian Denny. He's too old now. I mean, Kermit the Frog. Mm, he's too old. <laughs> Giant haystacks. <laughs> For the younger listeners, <laughs> that was a real wrestler back in the day when wrestling was proper men wrestling. Real. Me, Kathy Burke. Yeah. <laughs> 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 I'm trying to think who else. I don't know. What's... I can't. I, can't I, I could see the face. I just can't think of a fucking name. That's going to drive me crazy. Mike's is Frankie Boyle. Yeah. A bit of a Frankie mm. Boyle look about him. Yeah, yeah. Just with the ginger beard. What, he ate Frankie Boyle or? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, Frankie Boyle's going to have to go character, isn't he? Or a bit of Brian, Brian Blessed you've got. <laughs> 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 I'm Michael Martin. <laughs> <laughs> I think he's just a beard. Thanks, Claire. <laughs> I remember that. Right. <laughs> the issue is he's ninety. Oh dear. I mean, Tom Hanks is going to be fine to be older, Pete. Yeah, Brian Blessed was also in that. Oh, what's that film? Flash Gordon. He was young then, wasn't he? Yeah, but that was like nineteen eighty something, Claire. <laughs> Forty years ago. All right, anyway, and it wasn't like, even young then. No, he wasn't young then. He was like fifty something. Fuck. <laughs> Let me just try and dig out of this hole. No, it's too late. Can't be taken. Can't be taken back. It's all. It's been. It's been recorded. It's as, out there. As we were, shall we? Yeah. There's the equally popular franchise spin-off series Annabelle, based on the Warrens' creepy doll, and the Nun, based on a favorite fan favorite demonic entity from the previous films. And then there's a 2009 hit horror flick, A Haunting in Connecticut, and a number of best-selling books that depict the Warrens as the first and last line of defence against the supernatural. Never seen any of them films, so... Nope. Nope, nor me. I've, I've read the cases, I've watched videos on the cases, but that's, that's it. I, I, horror films don't really do it for me, to I be fair. I watched The Nun 2 and fell asleep, so I'm snooze-rating. Mm. See, I've watched all of them. Me and my ex-wife have always been fans of horror movies, so we're always watching horror films. I can't think of a single one that we actually said, fuck it, that was good. They were all a bag of shit, really. Horror films ain't horror films anymore, for one. They, and I know it's because maybe I'm a bit older and a bit wiser, and when I was younger, horror films had a different... Mm. They yeah. had, had, had a different gravitas, didn't they? They had a different effect on you yeah. when you were a bit younger. I suppose once you hit adulthood. Once you hit adulthood and you just did the horrors that modern life throws at you, horror <laughs> films are quite tame, really. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, if that if that thing, if that chick <laughs> from The Ring came out of my TV, well, I'd just be like, I'd just end up punching in the face. I'd be getting it to... Su- no. Hey, oh, while you're on your knees. Yeah, while you're down there, love. Wash you down, like it's a wash. <laughs> yeah. oh, creep, creep, creepy deceased nun lying away is stood next to my bed. I was like, either get in or get out. Sick yeah. <laughs> balls. Is that robe coming off? Yeah. Or is it staying on? Are if you staying on? You can fuck off. You're technically you're dead, so the vows that apply to you, get in or fuck off. <laughs> you know, look, I'm gonna be up at six. Make your mind up. <sighs> Don't make a habit of it. Oh, oh dear. Oh, he's got the oh you know what? I'm going to hand it over for that. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm going to 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Take it over. Uh, well, I've had it for quite a while now. <laughs> now it's me, none the wiser. So Ed and Lorraine Warren both raised in the Catholic, uh, raised in the Catholic Church in Bridgeport, Connecticut. Both massive Catholics, obviously. Got All it. the crazy ones are. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's a valid point, actually. I'm not going to do it. <laughs> By the time they met as teenagers in 1944, she had already fully embraced her identity as a purported psychic medium. I don't know where Catholicism goes with psychic mediums. Surely that would be witchcraft. Think so, well, th- in, if you were a devout Catholic, then yeah, you're going. They really don't like. They don't, they don't and ghosts are all evil in Catholicism. Basically, there's no real Everything good evil. ghosts. Everything's evil. Everything's a sin. That's yeah. true. But it's yeah, it's very much like that. Yeah. So yeah, it does seem a bit strange, doesn't it? Yes, so it's always struck me as a bit odd. To be fair, that one. Mm. So after Ed went off to fight in World War Two. He studied in art college and wound up using his talent to fuel his rapidly deepening paranormal interests instead. And together with Lorraine, he would show up in an allegedly haunted house, paint a picture of the house and then gift the artwork to the homeowners as a pretext to negotiate his way inside. Sounds like a bit of a grift to me straight away. Yeah. It's like, oh, it's like, hey, we've just painted this picture of your house. He didn't ask us to paint, but here you go, if you let us in, let's show us your ghost. You can have it. There's no shit. I want it. Get the fuck out of here. Yeah. Did I ask you to paint this? Get the fuck out of my house. Wouldn't say been welcomed in. I'd imagine that it wasn't a foregone conclusion that they'd be welcomed in. To be fair. Well, no, they would have been because in them days people were a hell of a lot more friendly and a lot more neighbourly. Nowadays, they wouldn't have been let in. But forties, fifties, they'd have been let in. Yeah, and especially if, if they believe stuff. they've got a ghost. Yeah. They want as many people to believe them as possible, don't they? It would be interesting, I doubt there's ever been a study on it, to see what ghost belief, is it, is it peaking now or did it peak back in the 40s and 50s? Mm. Belief in the paranormal always peaks after war because so many people have died. And they're asking, ants, wanting answers. Ouija board sales go yeah. to the roof, you know, that kind of thing. So mm. I wonder if there is... Uh, but then again, lockdown, stuff like that spiked because everyone was just at home, bored up their tits and started hallucinating, probably. <laughs> I don't know. be interested to see if they, mm-hmm. there was more belief back then than there, than there is now or vice versa. I think more back then. Mm. The science wasn't as ingrained. I don't know it? whether there was more belief. Different belief. Maybe. I would have said more belief in ghosts 100 years ago than now. Was it around? They all did, didn't they? Even Conan Doyle believed in fairies, didn't he? Yeah, I suppose. Yeah. yeah. He was into the paranormal as well, wasn't he? You know, he was into all the medium yeah. stuff because he was trying to contact his son who died. And didn't Charlie Chaplin have a bet with him? Was it Chaplin, Houdini. Mm. Houdini had a bet with him, like you know, prove it. Then they were skeptic Houdini. You know, like um, all these pictures from back in the day when they get like developed, and then it's got somebody sitting there next to them that wasn't next to them, so they're like, "Oh, it's a ghost." Mm. We don't get as many things developed these days, and maybe these digital cameras can't, you know, do that. What you know, the the other ones did. The thing is, today can be faked so easily. That's the other thing. Is he never been? I mean, the digital age has made it too easy, isn't it, to fake? 
if you wanted to fake a photo back then when you actually haven't developed, you'd have to do it yourself and double expose it, wouldn't you? I was going to say, you develop one photo with two... Films? Negatives. Negatives, that's yeah. it. You'd use two negatives to create one image, basically, and overlap the two images. But that was quite easily to distinguish, wasn't it? They, it was quite easy to... to yeah, expert would see that straight away kind of thing. Yeah. Right. So that there, there's been lots and lots of those kind of pictures that you're talking about debunked. debunked but right. there has been a handful that have been like, well, it's not been double exposed. It is. We can't explain this one. There's been a lot. There's been a few of that, definitely. But there's always a few sort of ones that you think, oh, fucking hell, that is a bit odd. But most of it's done at night, isn't it? So you're never going to get fantastic results. No. I've personally taken pictures and there's been some fucking strange things in the picture that weren't there when we took them. That was in my old house in Barry, And that was a fucking Victorian old, old mm. bloody house. And that was a creepy fucking place. We were the only people living in this fucking row of houses that were above loads of shops in the middle of Barry Town Centre. And like nobody lived anywhere near us, but the, but the noises you'd hear at night, it was like you could swear there was people living within the houses either side. Maybe it's saying cars on oh, the window. Oh, hundred percent. I'm not going to say, but there, there was a lot of very 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 strange things in Birds, that place. mice, squirrels, rats. You know, yeah. fucking big, big mice and rats making yeah. some of the noises that I used to hear. And we took a photograph in here a few years ago when we just first started. And there was that floating green orb with that demonic face in it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Paradolia. Could be. Mm. There was a few pictures that I took in that flat that had, like, like, a white swirl that went, like, through the image. And it wasn't the same on each image, but it was within there. And it was always when I was taking an image down the hall. Cause it, my mate Jamie had just become a copper, and we were taking pictures of him in his uniform. And it was just like that, but there was low, there was about four or five of these images. Each had this weird, it almost mm. looked like an old school phone cord, <laughs> but bright fucking glowing. Well, I've, I've got the picture somewhere. I'll try if I find them. I'll show them you next yeah, time. Please do. I've been watching some interesting stuff on on, on reels. You never know whether it's true or not. But this the best ones. This dude sat in his front room, and the fucking he sat like opposite the window. He's got big patio doors, and the blinds just go. <laughs> open and close and he's like fuck this I'm out of here yeah <laughs> and then the, the dining room chair just fucking goes right across the room and he's just sat there with his feet up yeah well someone could have a fishing line admittedly off camera yeah these things can be faked and that's the problem is it's fucking easy to fake the blind one is a bit more unless someone's got a fucking remote control for it there you go could do could be we don't know but it's interesting anyway so once they'd been welcomed in, Lorraine would often commune with the spirits and the couple's reputations as demonologists and ghost hunters began to grow. In 1952, the Wands created the New England Society for Psychic Research, which still exists today. The New England Skeptical Society, formed in 1996, would become one of the Warrens' staunchest critics. It took them that long to form a skeptic society. Like 40 years. and Fucking hell, get it together, guys. <laughs> The emphasis on research helped the Warrens gain credibility in an era when interest in all things occult was growing rapidly. And as their son-in-law, Tony Sparrow, writes on his website, if you had no one that would listen or help, you called the A-Team, I mean the Warrens. <laughs> it's an interesting one because you had the satanic panic in the 80s, so that boosted them massively. 
in America. Everyone, everyone in every, everywhere was a Satanist, and they're killing children and drinking their blood. And it's all high up. There's thousands of them. It's all a massive cult. It was all bollocks. And that was the start of like cons <laughs> the conspiracy, you know, that sort of the adrenochrome. It was like evangelicalism. Evangelicals were really starting to get in on realising they could use media to further their beliefs. Yeah. And this, this was created by a, just a few liars, basically. Was, one was an American stand-up called Mike Warnke who claimed to have been this satanic priest and, you know, and he hadn't done any of it. It was all fucking lies. But at the time, in the 1980s, you can't check that. No. So I can go on the internet now and find out exactly what he did all his life. Couldn't do that in the eighties. Maybe most of it was fake, but I bet some of it was true. Mm. Yeah, because yeah. most most lies are born out of from truth, aren't they? That there's some truth in most. Or well, we a desire satanic, to make money. The satanic yeah. groups they're active today. Mm. We've got one of the most notorious, most violent. Allegedly, we have one yeah. in Shropshire. Order of the Nine Angels, is Angles, it? Angles, I think. It could be either one. Yeah. Angles, Angels, yeah. Anywhere from like a dozen members to a few hundred, but they're meant to be based in Shropshire. A few thousand worldwide, possibly. Maybe. Yes, it's an interesting one. I, don't, I think a lot of... I mean, it's not saying that there wasn't Satanists doing some heinous shit, but I think that the amount it was exaggerated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You've got to look. I mean, they were arresting people for murder on just... They're Satanist. That was it, you know. Why? Now, among the reported 10,000 alleged paranormal cases the Warrens investigated over their many decades of activity were a handful that made them famous, in no small part because they made sure to capitalise on their involvement afterwards through book deals and publicity. Yeah, they are very good at that. They were very good at it. They really understood it. For instance, although the Warrens are among many paranormal enthusiasts who took part in investigating the Amityville incident, You've watched in the film? Yeah. I haven't seen that one yet. We have done a podcast on Amityville. You can go back and check that out. That's a fairly early one. They were among the most celebrated and their participation regularly features in the prevailing pop culture narrative around it. Just in case you do need to refresh it, 1974, famously creepy house in Amityville, Long Island, saw a brutal family annihilated when a young man living there, Ronnie DeFeo, murdered his parents and four siblings. Despite popular myth, DeFeo... Never claimed he possessed, although he did unsuccessfully plead insanity at his trial. De Ronnie DeFeo was on a lot of drugs. And possibly fucking his sister. Fucking his sister, or his sister was possibly on a lot of fucking drugs. No, no, he was fucking his sister while oh, on a lot of drugs. Yeah. You never know with that case, actually, because the dad had mafia ties, so you never know whether it was just a hit, to yeah. be fair. No, so he did try and plead insanity, he didn't get away with it. Two years later, the Lutz family bought the dramatically discounted house because it came fully furnished. Beautiful house, actually. It's got a pool. It's probably worth a million dollars. They got it dirt cheap because no one wants the murder house. Yeah. I'd move into the murder house. You know, it's like, this is a fucking six-bedroom house with a pool yeah. on the lakeside. Fucking sweet. Yeah, I'd set it up as a B&B. &B. Yeah. Yeah. You'd get many customers, though, would you? Well, you oh. would, yeah. You would. Get... Stay in the murder rooms. It's famous house, yeah, the Amateur yeah. It doesn't have that, that house looks creepy as well because from the one angle it it's looks like it's got, it's got a face, hasn't yeah. it? I think I don't think it's that pronounced, is it? In real life? No, it's not. They always get it from a, that. It's that's the end of the, the house. The, the one in the film is not there. No, probably isn't. An exaggerated version of the original thing. Yeah. 
So the, the Lutz family bought the house, lived in it for 28 days, and then abruptly left, claiming the place was the site of a malevolent haunting. And everyone believed them until it all came out about how the author of the book had said, hey, you know, let's make some ideas. What, what happened? She have some blood coming down the walls, swarm of flies. Yeah. You, your wife turns into an aged old hag before your eyes and then turns back again. The voices, get out, you know. Mm-hmm. The priest going in and being forced to flee. So it was all fabricated. Yeah, they can stage that shit, can't they? No, it was just all made up. None of it ever happened. It was literally... The Exorcist had just come out. Yeah. Cash in on that. Jump on that bandwagon. Massively popular film. Everyone's like, we want more of this, please. And of course the Warrens cooperated, didn't they? Because they wanted a bit of the book deal. Of course. In fact, I'm not sure if they set up the author with the Lutz family. Maybe. One night during the frenzied aftermath of the exit of the Lutz family, the Warrens visited the site and took a series of time-lapse photos of the scene, including one famous and very obviously fake photo of supposedly a ghost of one of the murdered DeFeo children, although the man seen in the photo is genuinely believed to be Paul Bartz, an assistant of the Warrens. That is a fake photo. It looks great. It looks creepy as fuck, Mm. but it is this dude. Just wandered into shot. I don't think I've seen that picture. The twist: the Lutz made it all up to get rich. It had been—it's been debunked and widely accepted as a hoax by just about everybody who attended the incident, except the Lutzes and the Warrens, who insisted over the years that Amityville was the most haunted location they'd ever visited, and they profited considerably from their devotion to the narrative. They served as story consultants on 1982's *The Amityville Horror 2*. And, of course, The Conjuring 2, with references to their Amityville exploration. It's, and it boosts their publicity, doesn't it? And it makes them it seem like they're experts. Well, to be fair, the amount of shit we've looked into, we could probably be considered experts now. Yeah, we just need a building to go, oh, that's, uh, that's all haunted that's all did. there. Look at that. Oh. Oof. Look at this creepy photo of this man that doesn't look like Pete. Just <laughs> <laughs> Pete's not, head poking around the it's door. Not, it doesn't look like Pete with a fake moustache on. It really no, doesn't. No. Looks like a young Boris Karloff. <laughs> Look at that forehead. <laughs> it's the ghost of Boris. Several other purported hauntings and exorcism became indelibly associated with the Warrens. The 1991 made-for-TV film The Haunted, in which they feature as characters, adapts their version of the alleged paranormal case of the Smurl family. The best-selling 1992 book In a Dark Place, co-written with author Ray Garton, describes their investigation into the alleged event that became the basis for the 2009 horror film The Haunting in Connecticut. In that incident, the focal family, the, who the hell would you say that, Snedekers? Snedekers? All day. That works for me. Claimed to be seeing the ghosts of people whose bodies had formerly passed through their home, which had once been a mortuary. I think if you buy a mortuary and turn it into a home, you're kind of asking for something like that. <laughs> yeah. Same with Indian, Indian burial grounds. But as people well. didn't die in the mortuary. No, that's that's a valid point. It's only a fucking empty shell that's being brought to there. Mm. If if you are to believe spiritualism in any way, shape, or form, the human body is just a shell. When the body, when the when the the soul moves to its next destination, and the body is no longer needed, the body falls down as an empty shell, and that's it. So. Why would a mortuary be a haunted place? Because it's not like they were taking the people there to die. I think hospitals are Hos- I was going to yeah. say exactly the same. Hospitals, yes. 
A hospital mortuary. You think, yeah, that's yeah. Not even the mortuary. Right, no, no, but yeah, it's hospital in general. Right right on, yeah, in, in the, if you wanted to go to the most haunted place, it would be a hospital, wouldn't it? If that yeah. theory stuck. And it's up. certainly not a graveyard no. or a morgue. No. I've heard some fantastic hospital ghost stories from nurses and doctors on various podcasts. Right. Like stuff like the the doors just keep on like flapping because obviously they're, they're both doors open both ways, don't they? Yeah, yeah. And they just swing in like that, and then the the head nurse, the sister of the ward, just leaned out the desk and said, "Will you pack it in?" And the doors just stop. <gasps> Never. <laughs> you know, it's and seeing various bodies walking around, various rooms that get trashed overnight, even though there's no one in them, but someone died in there recently. Some interesting stories. I, I, I like the... If, I don't know. If, if you're around death all the time like that, you suppose you wouldn't really think it two thoughts, would you? See, I've... I know you're going to debunk this straight away. There's a very interesting, most haunted, one of the more recent ones, where they went to an old hospital around Shropshire Stokey area mm. not that far away but they they gave it as a secret location they didn't actually tell you the location because they didn't want people going there because it's genuinely quite a dangerous place on lots of different levels because structurally it's number one structure as well but the shit that was going on in that episode I've never seen an episode like it before they don't fake stuff like they, 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 they some of the shit that was happening in there was quite fucking creepy and that was one of the most believable episodes because it was an old hospital and you think well yeah the amount of shit that would have happened in this hospital it was used within some of the worst times in our histories and things like that it was like a big old fucking couple of hundred year old manor house that was used as a hospital and turned into a hospital but yeah what was the shit that was going mad. on lots of really nasty like door slamming all that kind of thing but really up like there, there was there was shit going off down one end of this corridor and they'd go down there and there's clearly no one about because there's no exits or anything other than what they can see wheelchairs there was a couple of wheelchairs and things like that kind of left behind and the wheelchair was just getting flung down the corridor why do they always leave wheelchairs in hospitals there was a few random things just left always, in this why hospital. do they always leave shit in there it makes yeah. no sense does it I suppose where there's no value to it or whatever it's just uh, something we've got can't be arsed taking that just leave it it'll rock with the rest of it yeah if there's no value to it fuck it innit old theme parks cost more to get rid of it I bet old theme parks you know they're like the little individual kiosks with like you know service bits and things that they couldn't take out and get, get yeah. money for. Yeah, yeah, that's it's all it. just they left, just get left, isn't it? I thought they were going to say about haunted yeah. <laughs> Claire, this isn't Scooby-Doo. <laughs> <laughs> but no, one, maybe one day we'll watch that episode because mm. I think it's a couple of parts, so it's a couple of hours worth, and it's I'm probably a, the most interesting episode I've ever watched. I am open to watching it, but I do believe that all of Most Haunted was fake and that Yvonne, what, Yvette Fielding, is it? I li- tried listening to her podcast... And it was fucking atrocious. Because I, I got into Uncanny, the Uncanny podcast. Yeah. If you've listened to that, that's pretty good. Like, he, people contact him, he goes and speaks to him. They have sceptics, they have people who believe. It's quite balanced. Mm. But some of the stories are quite interesting. And hers is just a fucking horror show compared to that. Mm. But nonetheless... As in boring? Just She's just spouting shit and she's got nothing to back it up with. Right, and she's okay. still pretending Most Haunted was real when I'm pretty sure the producers came out and said it was for entertainment purposes only. 
But, nonetheless, I'm open to watching that episode. However, according to a highly cynical interview Garton reportedly did with Horror Bound magazine, which was later republished on the Paranormal Studies and Inquiry Canada website, the Warrens not only knew the whole thing was a hoax, but told Garton to invent whatever details he liked to sell the story. And to quote him, As I gathered the necessary information for the book, I found that the accounts of the individual Schnedekers didn't quite mesh. They just couldn't keep their story straight. I went to Ed with this problem and he said, Oh, they're crazy. Everyone comes with is crazy. Why would they come to otherwise? Why would they come to us? You've got some of the story. Just use what works to make the rest up. Make it scary. You had scary books, right? That's how we hired you. Make it up. Make it scary. She. <laughs> You've got that bit at the end. <laughs> Garden further insinuates in the interview the Warrens switched their speciality from ghosts to demons purely because of the popularity of The Exorcist. Because yep. everyone like got really into The Exorcist, mm. didn't they, in 1977, wasn't it, The Exorcist? And then it got banned. I only watched it for the first time ever this year. <laughs> well, well, last what? year, actually. Yeah. Quality. It's a film that I've watched it's about right. three times in my life and never really feel the need to go back to and watch again. Watched it once, I think. Brilliant film. It's one of them that once you've seen it, you've kind of seen it, haven't you? Yeah. You know, you don't mean it's not one of them ones you oh, I think I'll have a light Sunday afternoon, I'll put the exorcist on. <laughs> Jesus, fuck you. <laughs> yeah, vomiting pea soup and. It's, it's the impact, isn't it? Especially at the time, it's, it's quite graphic. The fact that it's all on, done to a little girl as well yeah. made it a hell of a lot. Yeah. And it was actually. A little boy was the the real story to yes, that. Yes, we did that on the Exorcism episode, didn't we? Yeah. We covered that. Mm. We did. Go back and listen to that one. I like I like an exorcism though. I like. I'm not a religious person. I'm not a spiritual person in any stretch of the imagination. But I really like all the dogma and the ritual that. And not to be a part of it, but to watch it. I don't. I think it's cringy. You know, I like, and I'm thinking, man, I'd, do, I'd stand there and fucking splash some holy water on some screaming bin. Fair enough. Doesn't, I find it quite interesting. Well, spraying me calm, but... <laughs> but if someone... Our minds are in the same place there. Well, if I'm someone was to say the Lord's Prayer over your balls, yeah. that would make it holy jizz. There we go. That, that could... Bring a new, a new funness to exorcisms, couldn't it? Yeah. I'll be an exorcism priest, no problem. But for an exorcism to work, surely you've got to believe in God. And since I don't believe in God, that's yeah. why it's cringy for me. Yeah, but Same I, I kind of like the idea that there's like a secret squad of Vatican exorcists who go out and do shit. And you think like almost like Men in Black, but with demons. Well, actually, we did have a weird news a couple of years ago, wasn't it? Yes. There yeah. was a shortage of exorcists. Yeah, in the yeah, yeah. yeah. See, I'd do that, but I'm not. I'd actually pretend to believe in God. Now, I'm just here for the exorcism. Isn't I don't have to do mass. Isn't that what they all do? Oh, yeah, that's true. They that's, all just pretend. Yeah, to they all know it's bollocks. Guys. Well, the, the top guys know it's bollocks. I maintain that the Pope and the the cardinals know it's bollocks. They just here for the money. I don't even worship the God they say they do. No, they worship they secret. They worship some other God. Bahamut. Something like that. <laughs> Baal, Molech, yeah. something really... What's the one from Ghostbusters? Zool. <laughs> Zool. No, Zool was the... Compa- Goes of the Traveller. Zool one. was the, the prophet. He was, of, he was like the the follower. Yeah, what, yeah, the he prophet, was the mouthpiece, yeah. not his Zool. He was the, the announcer. Yeah. But see, I'd be a Ghostbuster for me. Being a Ghostbuster, 
Proton Pack Ghostbusters, not just these fuckers going around with a cross saying that there's a ghost in the house. Being a Ghostbuster with a Proton Pack, my dream job. <laughs> and I'd, I'd I take think most people's dream job. I think they all. I think everybody loves to do that. Yeah. No, either way, if that was a real thing, I'd bust my ass to become a Ghostbuster. Bust your ass to become a Buster. <laughs> anyway, The Exorcist. Back when I was reading the Warrens, they were ghost hunters. Every house they investigated had at least one ghost. Because it's going to. What's going to do? Any house they go into is going to have a bloody ghost, isn't it? Well, that's the thing. They're not going to say, oh, hang on, there's no ghost there, you're wrong. They're not going to do that, are they? No, because they, they want the people to feel listened to. Uh, of course. Who's, well, who's there. And they want to be able to make their name. Milk them. Milk that teat. That sweet, sweet media teat. <laughs> mm-hmm. After The Exorcist was so popular, first as a novel, then as a movie, Ed and Lorraine stopped encountering ghosts and began to uncover, uncover demon infestations. And it seems that wherever they went, people were being sexually molested by demons. What? Apparently so. Can't even catch a break there. <laughs> you're not on. You getting sexually molested by demons? No, like sadly not. <laughs> I don't know whether you'd want to get sexually molested by a demon though. <laughs> Succubus, yes. Reminds me of that. That scene at this is the end when Jonah Hill gets raped by that demon. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely don't want that. No, just a hand job will do. <laughs> I'm not a greedy man. <laughs> just a hand job. Make me feel wanted. I'm so lonely. <laughs> <laughs> There's the infamous "Devil Made Me Do It" trial, the subject of the new Netflix documentary, and the basis for the third Conjuring movie actually titled The Conjuring the Devil Made Me Do It, in which the Warrens participated in the alleged 1980 exorcism of a young boy named David Glatzel. And during the event, which took place during the early years of the satanic panic, a participant named Arne Johnson, the boyfriend of Glatzel's older sister, challenged the demon to enter him, after which he allegedly became possessed and subsequently shot and killed his landlord, Alan Bono. In the following murder trial, the defence tried to claim demonic possession. The court refused to allow that defence, however, and Johnson was convicted of first-degree manslaughter. That's, one... probably, that's probably why he did it. He said, like, I'm going to murder my fucking landlord. He's, He's a... a right cunt. Yeah. Right, I need an excuse. Ah, someone's just been possessed. I'll say the demon came into me, I killed them, it wasn't me, it was a demon. You know what, as plans go... <laughs> Unfortunately, it didn't work for him. No. But they weren't over the Warrens because well, they... he was he was done with first degree manslaughter, not first degree well, murder. Maybe it did. Maybe it did help him. It must have in some way because That'd otherwise be. he'd have had a double life sentence for might first be, degree the murder. Probably the chair, depending on what state you yeah. were in. Or depending. Yeah, we don't know what was going through the judge's but mind. But manslaughter time, yeah. is accidental death yeah it's not premeditated Relin- isn't it relinquished responsibility diminished some way. responsibility that's the one I suppose they'd go with the insanity play on that I was just thinking wouldn't it be this insanity play yeah and then nearly have to ask the question well is the demon still in you yeah you know but either way you'd say that plan worked for him to an extent well you I mean he still got he still went to jail you know he's not living in his house anymore but the Warrens walked away from it all with another best-selling book, 1983's The Devil in Connecticut. So they made them, they made their money. 
all head-turning, to be sure, but the Glatzel family has subsequently been deeply divided over the events. David, who was 11 at the time, maintains that he really was possessed, and his older sister married Johnson and stayed with him until her death in 2021. Meanwhile, his older brother Carl Glatzel has consistently claimed over the years that the family faked and exaggerated incidents, while the Warrens incited them and encouraged them in pursuit of fame and wealth. In 2007, he sued the Warrens, claiming the book was made of complete lies and the Warrens concocted a phony story about demons in an attempt to get rich and famous at our expense. Sadly, that suit was ultimately dismissed and claimed that the Warrens depicted his real-life scepticism as antagonism brought on by Carl's own demonic possession. <laughs> he's lying, he's demonically possessed as well. Yeah. That's uh, a fucking excuse for everything. And basically Carl's... Carl says that it brought the family, tore the family apart, basically. See, I am somewhat a believer in spirits and ghosts, yeah? Yep. But demonic possession, never been never been convinced by it. You draw the line at demonic possession? Well, there's no, I don't know, there's never been any real evidence, proof, evidence of it <laughs> or anything, yeah? Nothing you can't put down to mental illness or really bad epilepsy. Yeah, or a bit of overacting. Or faking it. Yeah. Fake it till you make it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't see what's in it for the demon. No, exactly. you're right. There's nothing in it for the demon. If he was possessing the fucking Pope... Oh, well, that's it. Or the Prime Minister, or yeah, he's Fair the, Dinghams. If he's possessing the President, I get it. But yeah. They'll say that they got there before the, the demon could take hold and cause them to go on a killing spree or something. Why would you fucking possess an 11 year old child? What are they gonna fucking do? Come on. It's shoot, just... their, shoot their school children at school? That happens all the time. Are you saying that all school shootings in America are perpetrated by demonically possessed children? <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know what I mean? In the, in, the, in the eyes of a demon, yeah? If you're yeah. gonna possess somebody, if you're yeah. gonna use your time and effort to fucking possess somebody, which, let's face it, so I'm, I'm guessing it'd be quite a bit of effort for that demon to do so, right? Well, you've got the trip up for you're a gonna, start. Yeah, yeah. You're going to possess Chuck Norris, aren't you? You're going to possess <laughs> somebody worth possessing. Yeah, I am, yeah. Someone that's going to be able to make an influence of to do your bad, evil bidding. That, you know what I mean? But like the president Maybe there's rules that you have to let the demon in and somehow the kid... I know, but I know, I know. if I'm Beelzebub, Lord of the Flies, and, uh, and Lord of the Ninth Host of Hell's Legions, right? And I get summoned accidentally by an eleven-year-old kid. Oh, you fuck off, kid! I've got it's better, better things, enough, no, it's got, better nothing, though, isn't it? I've got bad things to you do. Can't get Chuck Norris. You got the kid or nothing? Well, what am I going to do? What, I got, what evil am I going to accomplish? Well, like I said, he can still do some damage. He gets hold of a gun. Well, I know, but still, I mean, it's it's pissing in the wind, really. <laughs> I don't, I don't believe in any of it. <laughs> <laughs> and it goes on. Every major incident the Warrens have been involved with over the years has ultimately been thoroughly debunked, assuming supporting evidence was even provided with to begin to be even provided to begin with. In several cases, the Warrens claim to have video or photographic evidence that never materialised. In a 1990 incident, Ed Warren described film I took of a female spirit supposedly haunting a cemetery. The film was never made public and the spirit turned out to be the work of a woman named Judith Penny who was reportedly wearing a white bedsheet over her head. Yeah, wow. just a nutter in the cemetery. I mean, people have done that around here, though. Not the white bedsheet. They've gone to Bliss Hill, 
got some, which is a Victorian like living museum. Yeah. Got some outfits and then started hanging around churchyards <laughs> and Victorian gear. <laughs> And that caused a bit of a stir for a while, and then they came out with a bit. And I think the police actually caught them in the gear, mm-hmm. in the in the act of haunting. But what could they actually charge them with? Standing in a um, fucking graveyard dressed as a as an eighteen thirties character. Just Sorry, the theft of the costumes, I think. Well, I suppose they ramp something up, disturbing the peace, yeah. something like that. Disturbing an asbo, maybe. It's hardly asbo material, is it? Just standing there. Antisocial behaviour order. Then yes. again, you'll be getting rid of the people coming out of the pubs, going ah, running down the road. They'll just go straight over. They'll be too eight. scared to walk past the yeah. churchyard. Yeah. In case they see the old Victorian child. So they, yeah. they're minimising antisocial behaviour, potentially. So what you're suggesting is we need ghosts On patrolling the streets. the streets at night instead of the police. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I reckon it'd be a hell of a lot more effective. <laughs> like, oh, there's that screaming ghost again. Will you shut the fuck up? It's three in the morning. Have you seen I'm trying them? to wank. <laughs> Have you seen them ones that sit on the like, the videos? They sit on the, the bench and they, they're like a little what, kid. Ghosts with, or? No, like, like these are, this is a prank. Oh, right. They're, they're, you know, they've got like black wig on and like they must have blood over their face and that and they're pretending to cry and then people that are, you know on a night out or whatever just come up to them touch them and, just, and they go like, they're brave off. man aren't they yeah because i'd fucking smack them yeah, i mean the first thing is bang 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 yeah i think we should have them on the street yeah. <laughs> so the counter argument to all of this is essentially like hey the warrens did profit from books and public appearances yes but they never charged for investigating cases and they gave some of the profits of their books to the families impacted by the cases and they didn't make that much money. They seemed to believe in what they were doing, even if they exaggerated a little. And plus, even the sceptics who investigated them commented on how nice they were. They can't be scammers, could they? They're too nice. Well, they're going to be nice. They want to get in your house, get yeah. a bit of your story or what, you know, and then exaggerate it a little bit. They're going to be nice, aren't they? Well, the, the, given the, the events of the, the films that have come out based on their, uh, quote, cases, I think those films have made like a billion dollars between them. They're, Lorraine was on a consultant for them, and I'd imagine the estate, because they're taking them from their cases, certainly earns, I'd have thought. So it's underlying all of this debate and undermining all of the Warren supporters is a much darker cynicism surrounding who the Warrens were, particularly the difference between their public and private faces. Judith Penny, who is sometimes described as Ed's assistant or his liaison, has alleged that in the beginning of the early 60s, Ed Warren, then in his 30s, began grooming her when she was 15. Penny claimed Warren moved her into the Warrens' house in Bridgeport and commenced a full-blown sexual affair with Lorraine's full consent. It lasted until just a few years from Ed's death in 2006. Penny's alleged response relationship with Warren came to light in 2017 via The Hollywood Reporter, which was critical of both the Warrens and the Conjuring franchise who continued to valorise the Warrens after the allegation of Ed Warren's predatory behaviour first came to light in 2014. Yeah, both Warner Bros and the Warren family have painted Penny as a vulnerable elderly woman being manipulated by bad actors into fabricating claims as part of lawsuits filed by various greedy parties against the Conjuring franchise. Because of course they would, wouldn't they? Yep. 
However, there does seem to be some proof. Penny was reportedly arrested for delinquency because she moved in with Warren, although it seems no investigation into Warren for sexual predation was initiated. And her presence in the house gets a nod in the 1980s book about the Warrens, the demonologist. Apparently the rain took her to go and have an abortion as well. Mm. Like, yeah, I read that. Not very Catholic of him, is it? <laughs> no. The alleged grooming lies at the heart of the conflict between the Warrens on paper and the Warrens in pop culture. The billion dollar conjuring franchise relies on the public's affection for the Warrens as characters, yet that affinity stems from a belief in their real life purity and wholesome sincerity that gets harder to stain as we learn more about them. For instance, Lorraine Warren's presentations a chast, deeply devout Catholic often catalyzes the cinematic rosing of the demon on screen, yet in reality, Penny alleged Lorraine was not only fully complicit in Ed's abuse of her, but coldly pressured him into getting an abortion. Yeah, Penny alleged Ed was both physically and verbally abusive to Lorraine throughout the marriage. A author, Jude Doyle, wrote, if you know any part of the truth portraying them as heroes, is reprehensible. So they, they could be a lot darker than you, than you think. And I've never met any strictly religious person who's not a fucking hypocrite. So in other words, the public's love for the fictional Warrens fuels growing interest and awareness in the real Warrens, which then, ironically, makes interest and awareness in the fictional Warrens harder to sustain. It's like, oh yeah, they're great on screen. Oh, Ed was a nonce. Oh, not so interested in those films anymore. No. Although not that Warner Brothers isn't trying through the conjuring films of increasingly leaned from away from relying too heavily on the Warrens and central figures. Witness spin-offs from The Nun to Annabelle. They still typically rely on the Warrens as spiritual guideposts. Quote Bethy Squires, who wrote for The Vulture, All this weight on the suspension of disbelief makes a conjuring verse one of the most politically and meta-textually rich franchises in the film history. It has a vibe of religious propaganda, but the craving commercialism of Warner Brothers Discovery. Fascinating. So it's like, they know it's shit, but hey, it's made a billion dollars. Of course. People like horror, don't gift they? that keeps on coming, isn't it? You know, like you say, the Nun 2, when's the Nun 3 out? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Conjuring the Nun. That'll do fucking spin-offs and fuck knows what. Oh, yeah. They've done the same with Alien Predator. Alien vs. Predator. Alien fucking Predator. Seen that like, I've never seen that one. No. There's a load of shit horrors and they're all like shark exorcists and they like, like, take things from like Megalodon and all that and <laughs> Shark Exorcist. Yeah, there's a film called Shark Exorcists. They've always got to take it down the like so stupid <laughs> yeah. it becomes cult. Yeah. Sharknado. Well, there you go. There's like nine but, of them. No, but the people like one the Sharknado crossed with the Exorcist is Shark Exorcist. To get me, so they take two different films, one a horror film, and just put it together and mismatch it. That's what they did with Sharknado, isn't it? They took like Twister. Yeah. And Jaws or yeah, whatever, yeah. and mashed them together to make a tornado that spits out sharks. <laughs> Sold. Got my attention. I also want to point out the Annabelle in the films is nothing like the Annabelle in real life. That that if you scroll up, my got a picture of Annabelle, the cinematic Annabelle doll. That looks nothing like that. It's a raggedy Ann doll. It's just a normal old. Doll. Just a normal old cuddly toy doll. It's not a creepy, pig-tailed, evil ventriloquist dummy. Which, to be fair, 
if someone gave me that doll it'd as a be, present, it'd be burned. I'd burn it. Yeah. I'm not I'm having that in the fucking house. I'm not even superstitious. The thing just creeps me out. I don't want that. Oh, I'd stick it in the loft and bring it out at Halloween. Yeah. Oh, no. No. One of my friends I used to stay at when I was in the forces, just the spare room had a bunch of uh, like porcelain dolls, I think they are. My fuck, they're creepy as hell. Yeah. And when I used to get... Obviously, I used to be like pisshead back in the forces as all people in are and yeah get in on a night out and be sleeping and wake up in the middle of the night a bit spinny out not quite knowing where you are see all these crazy fucking dolls all in the room yeah well you take them down on the submarine with him yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when i used to stay at my friends uh, on, on leave and things all oh, right okay I'd stay in the spare you making the digs no no no, he's, he's <laughs> yes, because what you want on a submarine, Mike, is a shelf full of porcelain dolls. Yeah, <laughs> all there, those blokes like, aren't going to take the piss out of you too much. You're not going to, you know, <laughs> was, you know, you're not going to die even they just all fall off the shelves. That's what I was wondering. You know, he's a brave man, isn't he? <laughs> a brave man who takes porcelain dolls. On <laughs> they weren't his dolls; they were his mum's. Anyway, it was, uh, it was the spare room in his house. Right. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it's creepy as fuck. That was my point. Yeah. Just wake up in the middle of the night like, oh shit, and forget where I was a little bit. <laughs> I'd move one right in front of your face if I'd, really <laughs> ever, I'd fucking so done that. Oh yeah, I'd, that, that, I'd have woken up the street probably. <laughs> <laughs> so the current Warren legacy, primarily carried forward by their son-in-law Sparer, also goes a step beyond religiosity. On his website, in his summary of the Warren's appeal, he writes, to quote him, in a world that scoffs at ghosts and laughs at the unusual, the Warrens deliver a contrary message. The message is this. The fairy tale is true. The devil exists. God exists. Good for him. Well, he's got to keep it going because he's making a fucking fortune now, isn't he? The key phrase there isn't about the devil or God, but rather the fairy tale. And even as Sparrow purports to usher fans into a world of supernatural terror, he knows that all of this is heightened, romanticised lore. Not just folklore, but the story of the Warrens themselves as a couple of truth-seeking soulmates. Oh yeah, travelling the roads, finding demons. Ah, Yeah, it's all part of the lie that the Warrens were so adept at selling. I mean, do you accept the girl who says, Hey, this guy fucking groomed me, fucked me, abused me, and then they paid for me to have an abortion. So he's a real scumbag, yeah. and she knew about it all. Or do you believe their tale of it's their hunt going around Scooby doing this shit? I believe they were, you know, con artists. Yeah. Scooby doing, thinking they're Scooby, or you know, wanting to be, or, or maybe they've got mental health issues. They're just like, oh. Well, I mean, they are prone to believing in the supernatural because they're both allegedly devout Catholics. You could argue she's got mental issues because she thinks she's a medium. She's talking to the dead. Exactly. You could make that argument. You could argue that, you know, it's it's just they just con artists. They just saw, saw a gap in the market and went for it. Yeah. Opportunist con artist is what I'm going for. Like Yuri Geller. Yuri Geller, my arch nemesis. <laughs> Does he know this? No, we'll find out. I'll tweet him. <laughs> Or on Exim or whatever the fuck I do nowadays. 
It means me believing that ghosts and demons are real. That's the problem. And I'm not at that point, so I have to call it fake. You're not at that point yet. Is there time you're going to believe it? Have you got it planned out in the next well, 20... What is the 70 demons? Look. There's some concrete evidence. Rather than just hearsay. Which is most what most of it is, isn't it? Well, that's it. That's what fam the families of these houses are telling you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, the the, the, the Enfield haunting, which they got a film out of, the Enfield Poltergeist, they were there for ten minutes. They went away and wrote this whole book about how they were there solving fucking demonic possession. Mm. You know, so you were there for ten minutes and no one wanted you. They told you to fuck off. Mm. You know, so they're obviously lying about some stuff, aren't they? They can't have been. They can't have been everywhere for all this time. They say they were going to be. I don't know. I used. To, I think they're full of shit. I think they saw a gap in the market and went for it. Especially when the satanic panic kicked off. The ex yeah, ride the back of the Exorcist. Yep. You know, it's like every sci-fi film that came out after Star Wars. You know. That's it. Yeah. I'm with you on that. Every sci-fi film. You say none of them were like any more original. Basically. I mean, like, when Star Wars came out in 77, sci-fi wasn't really a thing. It, was, it had been in the 50s, but people had gone on to... I mean, the 60s was obviously the time of the war film. Yeah. But 77, when that sci-fi came out, and all of a sudden, all the all the, the Warner Brothers and Universal are scrabbling around trying to get any sci-fi script they can. We have Alien. Alien was made as a result of Star Wars being well, so yeah. popular. Because Fox were like, shit, we need a sci-fi film. What scripts have we got? And the only one they had was Alien. Yeah. Mm. But right, make that. Green like that. <laughs> it's a complete opposite. Of course it is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's dark and fucking... It's another one coming out this year, isn't there? Yeah. Well, yeah. 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 Alien Romulus. August, I believe. Yeah, I'm not convinced. What's that going to be? It's going to be set between Alien and Aliens. What? Yep. Okay. Just give me the fucking aliens getting to Earth, man. Ooh, give me that. Ben. I've already done that. AVP two. Yeah. Oh no, no, but I'm talking like <laughs> it's literally open An war. AVP. Well, yeah, technically. You know, I want just like aliens fucking overrunning cities, and we're having to nuke them to fucking stop them, and we're evac have to evacuate the Earth. It's all there's a book called Earth Hive. It's on the oh, aliens it, yeah. extended universe. The aliens take Earth. Like they get they get out, they start going, and you know, as you know, you're in a city, you notice people go missing, but in the countryside, you don't so much. So they got these like, you know, they, they have to go and send teams into wipe out the nests, and then they're going to nuclear nuclear strike cities because it's too much of a hive, you can't clear it out. It's like scorched earth until eventually we just like, right evacuate as many people as we can. Give me that. Fucking hell. Well, yeah. well, give it a chance first. You haven't. No, yeah. because, because the whole thing's become tired for me with aliens. Because it's like, oh, what's that? I'm just going to stick my face next oh, to that. Don't yeah. know what that is. Ah! It's Alien like, Covenant, oh my God. Terrible. Yeah. Prometheus, terrible. Mm, yeah, I didn't like it. It was a mess, wasn't it? You know, it's like Predator. Predator's a bit tired now. He's like, oh, it's going to kill someone. Huh? I like that prey. I thought it was quite That good. was all right. I, like I mean, give me, give me Predator in just Samurai times and there's a... A Ronin whose master was killed by the predator, he's going to go and hunt him down. Yeah, give me there that. is a prey too, isn't yeah. there? Yeah. Give me, give me predator in World War One. That's where it's no, World War Two, the new one is. Well, give me that. Yeah. 
what prey to yeah world war two apparently but so basically what i think looks like what they're doing you know the very end scene of predator two where he finds all of the old skulls and mm. trinkets from each part of past and different planets and things maybe we're seeing those now well, that's what they need to thing. dip into that's the that's the idea of it like it shows that it's been coming throughout the past obviously you have the pirate yeah. guns and yeah. things and yeah give me alien give me predator versus pirates yeah and I think with pirates it just makes it loads better predator we versus vikings yeah we haven't had nah it'd be over too quick Was vikings it? just fuck it up straight away <laughs> We haven't had many pirates since Pirates of the Caribbean, have we? Yeah, but there was a lot of Pirates of the Caribbean films. A lot of, yeah, a lot of pirates. First one's fantastic. It's a zombie pirate film. Yeah. Mm. Second one arguably was okay, good as well. The third one was fine, well, but I didn't have a bit. fucking clue who was on whose side by the end of it. There was that many double crosses going on. <laughs> After that, it just got lost, didn't it? Yeah. The first three were okay, and then it went plop. Yeah. But listen, I haven't actually watched any of these Conjuring films because it's just in one hour of films. Some of them are worth a watch just for uh, shits and giggles. Mm. They're not amazing, but they're not terrible. Yeah. That's my synopsis of them. In terms of horror films, it's hard to make a good one. Just watch it's Saw difficult. 10. Ugh. Have you any good? Yeah, I've heard it's, right. I've heard it's okay. What? Saw 10. Fuck. I don't want to watch people getting tortured to death. In my free time, no, it's not for me, really. You know, it's like I want to relax, I want to chill out, I want to take my mind away from the stresses of the world, and I'm just watching some dude get tortured to death. It's not for me. I have to rip his own penis off with a yeah. pair of scissor nails or something because yeah. he's got some kind of key in his dick, in his bollocks, or something, I don't know. There was, a, there was a bit of that, but it was like horrible, <laughs> sucked out by a vacuum cleaner. Uh, thing is, I'm watching it, I'm thinking, man, this is probably happening to someone for fucking real. Especially some serial killer got a basement full of victims, he's killing them all off in brutal ways. Because he's a big fan of. Because he's a big fan of so. I don't know. You can guarantee someone somewhere is being horribly tortured. And I don't really want to think about that while I'm in my free time watching a film. Leave those thoughts when you're masturbating. Yeah. <laughs> Leave, them yeah. Leave them for when I can replay it behind my eyes. I'm having social interactions. It gets me through. <laughs> but yeah, so the Warrens, we all, where are we at? We're all going to say that they're I think charlatans. I, I kind of go, go with my initial statement about them. Some of the things that they went and saw were p potentially had truth behind them, but. A lot of what they did with yeah, they exaggerated everything to the extent that it all just became bullshit. Yeah, it's called full full bullshit. Yeah, I'm calling full bullshit. So there we have it, full bullshit, full bullshit, both barrels. I'm in bed. Thanks for listening. Don't drink the flavour. Don't join the call. I'm in mind. Thanks for listening. Peace, out, and the force be with you. I've been there. You're in mind, but not so into it. Spills out your ears. And I've been Pete. Everybody have a nice week. <laughs>